0: Alrighty, Jordan. What's up, buddy? What's up? All right. This is episode four now. Off-topic episodes for Two Planker. Um, yeah, I'm sitting down with a good buddy of mine, Jordan Cooper. Yeah, buddy.
1: How's it going? <laughs> good. Starting the day off. I was snowing outside. Started sewing some hats. And... Uh, Shipping those to Switzerland and Austria today, which is kind of crazy. That's a sweet start to the morning. All right, we just kind of have to backpedal a little bit here and just...
0: These are two dudes that lived in vans, now in houses. We're in my house in Salt Lake. It's been a couple months. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to jump into Jordan's backstory, just because he hasn't been on Two Planker yet, so we're going to dive deep (coughs) into that. But, Jordan... Lived in a van for quite a while. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But Jordan, really good skier. I just went through your Instagram this morning to try and, you know, get some, yeah, get the goods on you and stuff like that. And yeah, you were East Coast park rat.
1: Yup. So how'd you get into skiing, man? Um, well. We have a small little hill, 10 minutes away, Crotched Mountain, <laughs> home to the Crotchet Rocket. <laughs> it's pretty much my favorite thing to tell people about the, about the mountain, because you got crotch and rocket in the same sentence. Um, yeah, my parents put me on skis when I was two, and every two years, up until I was 12, I would swap from skiing to snowboarding. Really? So I did two years skiing, and then I did two years snowboarding, and then every now and then I'd mix it up, but yeah, it just kind of worked out really well to do two years on, two years off, and then when I was 12, like fifth grade, my whole friend group decided that they wanted (laughs) to get into park skiing, and there was a bunch of people, Joe LaCourse was kind of the big guy that we all looked up to, if you're from the East Coast you probably know Joe. And yeah, I bought a pair of park skis, and my parents said, "If you're doing this, like, you're not swapping a snowboarding in two years. You can't do, <laughs> we can't do two setups all the time. It's too expensive." So yeah, I bought um, bought a pair of used skis from someone. They lasted me probably ten or twenty days, and then uh, I bought bought some line after bangs. The skateboard Um, ones? The skateboard ones, yeah. (laughs) And I skied those, those were a 144, and I skied those for, like, probably two years. And then, yeah, the next ski I bought was, like, a 167, so pretty big jump in size. Did you grow that much, or were you on some really short skis? I just, I grew in the first, like, six months. I grew a ton, and then I was just on short skis. Gotcha, gotcha. Which, uh, (laughs) yeah, kind of. Gave me some bad habits, this like <laughs> spin to win mentality because like short skis you can just whip around. So yeah, yeah, some of
0: the some of the videos on your very early Instagram, it was like front swap back six, and it was <laughs> yeah. just like a little Jordan. And I'm like, dang, that's actually a pretty impressive spin. But I could definitely tell the skis were a little short. But <laughs> yeah, I definitely had some short skis, and then you're the typical East Coast like. Yeah. Dude, the clothing back then was so it was like. A lot of people had the same stuff, but like the era of of kits and stuff, like we would have been friends. Dude, We'd I was friends wearing at 13,
1: 14 years old. I was wearing like, <laughs> man. I think my favorite kit growing up was um, these. They were it was right when Vertica swapped from First Drop to Vertica. Gotcha. I got some gray and black, extra large, double extra large snow <laughs> pants. I'm probably. Five, six, five, seven. I have a line, orange, and blue hoodie, team size. <laughs> uh, I had 28-five full-tilt oh, yeah. booters yeah. that I got for like $150. Yeah. For you're and not an East Coast skier if you didn't start out with
0: oversized boots yeah. that were used <laughs> off eBay or some trade or New schoolers forum
1: or something. Yeah, I walked into <laughs> I walked into Zimmerman Ski Shop, and they were just like sitting there with a bunch of other boots. And I'm like, I want full tilts. Yeah, and like all the good skiers have them. <laughs> I bought them. I uh, I wear a 25 five, <laughs> about to downsize to a 24.5 five, and. Yeah, like three to four times bigger than they needed to be or three to four sizes bigger. And yeah, that's how I like got in and just cranking the buckles down, had shin bang Mm -hmm. so bad that I was in PE class in seventh grade and someone in front of me was sitting down and they tapped my shin and I got lightheaded and dizzy because I was just like, (laughs) my legs hurt so much. Yeah, they hurt so much from these boots. super miserable experience <laughs> full tilts are cool no it's a
0: yeah. very very similar story even with Derek if you go back and listen to the last Derek's podcast yeah I was in I think first everybody had full tilts so yeah that's why I wanted yeah. I think it was eBay found a pair of one for 100 bucks 29 fives, and I'm yeah. down
1: to a 27 five right now yeah it's like kids you gotta get boots that actually fit your foot stop just buying whatever you think is cool it definitely pays to have bo- <laughs> to have boots that fit your foot i don't know man full tilts back then were <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were it well and now they're i now just, remember being, je- full tilts. I just remember
0: being jealous because derek had the tom the red tom all yeah. with the shoelace yeah like, fuck man i had these brick solomons like hand-me-downs for my brother who was like a racer and like
1: so I was, I was like, <laughs> like, dude, I need full tilt. <laughs> I would scroll New Schoolers and eBay endlessly trying to find full tilt tongues oh, to yeah. stick on my booters because I thought it would be super sweet. <laughs> and I had a friend, Evan, who did that. And uh, yeah, and then eventually I started to like actually buy boots that fit a little bit better. But when you're young, you always want to buy something that you can like grow into yeah, almost. Yeah. And so, yeah, then I had- 20- i sure that's what our mindsets were. Yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I was like sixth grade- sixth grade men's seven and a half foot and i was like yeah i'm gonna be a size nine to ten when i'm older and here i am 24 years old with a men's seven and a half foot (laughs) (laughs) it's like i have shoes i have shoes from when i was yeah like 15 16 years old that so everything yeah just like (laughs) still wear them snow boots (laughs) that's crazy six feet tall damn damn well we'll get back into it.
0: East Coast, crotchet. I saw that you've been to Loon, so you did some sort of traveling on the East Coast. Do you, you know do any of the
1: traveling around for the rail jams and stuff all over the East Coast? Yeah, like I I've never done a USASA. USA like anyway. my family growing up did not have um like just like a ton of money to just throw around for these comps the means or drive to yeah just go to something it's like a usasa membership is a hundred dollars and you have to pay 85 to 100 dollars per comp and so i looked for all the little local rail yeah. jams so i'd go to every single small hill that i knew that had a terrain park and i would go to their event calendar yep. and i would go to my like so like another copy of a calendar and i would write all these comps like March 16th, there's a comp at Attash, Yep. and it's $20 to enter, it's super chill. And so I ended up starting to just go to only rail jams. Yep. I was never a big jumper. Uh, I broke my arm when I was five on a trampoline, and my parents <laughs> never let me go on trampolines. <laughs> Crouching Mountain was not known for having super sweet jumps. Um, and so, yeah, rail jams were the thing, and so I'd go to all these local rail jams um all over new england so loon done i think i did one at loon a couple of at Aditash, Stowe. i've never done one at sugar bush but i always want to do the double what is it um double rails and down kinks or whatever the heck i don't know what their rail jam is the one that down, 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 down rail down down rail double kinks, double kinks. Something, yeah kinks. Like yeah. never done that but i want down to trail. But, uh... I remember doing a Sugarbush-sponsored
0: Rail Jam event, but it wasn't at Sugarbush. Yeah. And Dude, then that I mean, was, that was, like, the day after the loaded, trying to do the loaded turkey to get in like, the one of the last years yeah, of yeah, Rails the
1: Riches. Yeah, I always wanted to do... Loaded turkey Rail Jam was, like, one that I always wanted to do. My senior year of high school, I was, I was dating this girl and she was in college and... I got talked out of going to the comp the next morning. Damn, I was supposed to wake man. up at like 5.30 in the morning. And and uh, yeah, that was kind of... Then I moved out west the next year, so it's kind of almost impossible to to like get back east for these, these contests. Load, yeah, because
0: Let I Me mean, Loaded Turkey isn't a big one. It's just in your head as a kid when, you know, watching Rails to Riches or just hearing yeah. about it. you're like, oh, if I win this little rail jam that not many people are going to go to, yep. I could get in for free, like a spot yeah like and that was my i remember sitting in college i was a freshman or no was second year of college and i like dipped out of class early on a friday <laughs> to yeah. get there to like start the drive north to go to this rail jam and it ended up dumping snow the whole time i was going so slow so hard to get speed yeah i don't think i podiumed i think it was yeah i remember who did I, jesse i met jesse there shout out to him he's still kicking it I'm space on your last name, man,
1: but uh Peralini. Par- yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And then probably Brandon Westbury was probably there. And I know. <sighs> but there's like yeah, there there was a time where there was like a rail jam every other weekend. Yeah. Like all over the East Coast. It was before yep. before the Epic Pass and the Icon Pass. And you could just fill your whole winter with these local comps. Yeah. I won a couple pairs of skis. I got I wish it was a big check but i got like a little check once for like 100 bucks like, <laughs> i was like holy crap like this is the coolest thing yeah um the cash rail jams yeah just like-,
0: just like even my resort back in the day would have these it would just be like a feature jam like they didn't close it off to the rest of the resort there was no entry fee so there technically wasn't a jam but like the park crew would stand at one rail and be like all right start hitting this and they would just give out cash to people kind of just like traveling circus or some stuff like that yeah but that was like when i was i remember that when i was a kid and i was just like
1: oh shit i just got 20 bucks for k-fed dude yeah crotchet mountain um the new park manager trevor he's pushing for like little pop-up jams like that all the time now Sick. um and so then you don't have to go through the whole insurance thing yeah
0: xing off the course like you just pop up get people cash or in
1: and out yeah and you're like you, they like throw out like you know gloves or a pair of goggles yep. or something for like the big tricks and it's like it's a cool way to get a bunch of people there to just like hang out and and like session a rail yeah because out west it's pretty rare that you just like go and hike a rail yeah. if you if i see someone hiking a rail at, at woodward or park city or brighton yeah. i'm like damn dude you're from the east coast or like you could be from the Midwest, but. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Or, like, no goggles on. You're yeah. just, like, rocking helmet. Yeah. Out west, you're going to toast your eyes. But back east, <laughs> like, I didn't ski with goggles yeah. at all. Yeah. No goggles, no poles. Now I'm out west, and I'm skiing with both all the time. Nice. nice. Do you ever hear of the rail jam back in the day? King of Jib?
0: No. You never heard of that? No. no. Right. Just Where remember. was that, that? That was from that my home house. resort. Oh, yeah. It was uh, our park manager at the time. Matt Stambol, shout out to him because... He's basically me and Derek's filmer growing up. He was a wedding photographer, so he had red cameras. So, like, we were yeah, shooting on the red sick. when we were 15 years old. It was yup. amazing. But he was just, like, super, he loved skiing and park skiing and when he was park manager. I think Rails to Riches might have still been going on or starting to, like, fizzle out. But he got all these sponsorships together to come to Round Top, and it was called King of Jib. And it was just a rail contest. Sam Zayner was there. I think he might have sick. Well, he was doing Misty. We built this like crazy, like it's like a triangle box with a cannon rail off the top of it. So it was just like this huge launcher, and I just remember Zayner doing Misty six off it yep. a million times, and there was just this insane bomb hole, East Coast bomb hole. Yeah in the landing, and he kept trying it. Everybody else was trying, like, every other rail, getting tricks on everything, and Zaynor was just hucking himself, misty six off this thing. And I think he... I can't... I was just... Everyone was just so mind-blown that this kid just kept hiking up further and further every
1: time, landing in the same bomb hole and blowing (laughs) up, but it was so impressive. Yeah, dude, the bomb hole. You have... Out west, you get bomb holes, but the snow's still soft. On the east, you get bomb holes with like ice chunks around it yeah it's, it's like, like
0: sugar and then it's ice chunks all yeah, lining it's the edges super
1: gnarly but I just
0: remember that and just like yeah it was, <laughs> it was for five thousand dollars like Matt yeah. somehow got enough sponsors Red Bull would show yeah, up I mean not insane. Red Bull um what was it Rockstar would show up with one of their ro- vehicles and like it was a big event like I remember competing and then I don't think yeah. I ever made finals because there was just so many people from the northeast coming down yeah a little Pennsylvania for this one
1: when, like, contest. The minute you throw a big cash person, it's yeah. like everyone's yeah. coming. Yeah. And so, like, Corinthia Classic yep. started up the first year they did it. I went, We were my family was having a, a Christmas Eve party, just like lined up that I was at Corinthia the same day that we were having this party at our house. My parents are like, yeah, the minute the competition's over, you need to get like come home to be here for this party. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and I carpooled with someone and... They obviously weren't leaving. Yeah, like we we did qualifiers and there were two heats and I was in the first one. So I had to st- stick around to see if either of us made finals. Sure enough, somehow made finals, and it's like <laughs> between in the whole Corinthian classic is like twenty twenty thousand dollars. Yeah uh, first place is four thousand, then probably like a thousand, and then like five hundred bucks. Gotcha. And yeah, they said my name for finals and I was like, I called my mom and I was like, mom, like, I don't really know what's happening but, like, I somehow got to finals. <laughs> I'm not coming back for this party. I'll be back at some point. I'm sorry. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like pretty much super big apology. Um, did not podium for sure. Like, Mac Forehand won. Gotcha. Bobby Sullivan and, and, uh, Bobby. Justine DL from, from Montreal, Quebec area. Oh, man. Nice. Yeah, there's like big name writers in this, Ryan Stevenson was in it, um, yeah, that that was the first, that was Corinthia Classic, yeah, it's, like, it was, that was when Rouse the Riches went away, yeah, this was 20, I think 2018, I was a freshman, I think I was a freshman in college, and, yeah, it was, like, I was just surrounded by all these, like, people I, like, looked up to, like, my whole, like, Life. young mac like, and then yeah i'm just like looking around Stevenson. feeling like i feel feeling like an oddball out um, <laughs> yeah it's super that crazy. messes with your mind mentally dude going yeah. to a no contest like that but, but like i mean like skill wise like i'm i was like nowhere near these people gotcha. but uh yeah i was probably i think there's 10 or 12 of us in finals and i was probably the 10 or 12th place together gotcha. but, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah yeah like, but still so that's got to feel good yeah it was super exciting i was like I, thought I got shit in a brick a little bit. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like freaking out. Yeah, 18 Anything years old, but yeah, still some rail jams, but. Dang! But when did you jams. move
0: out west? Let's get let's let's get back because we're gonna get back into contests yeah. with you. So let's go. Let's get back into like you were at Crotchah, East Coast traveling, doing the rail jam yep.
1: circuits, and then uh, high school, high, public high school in New Hampshire, um, and. I was applying to all these colleges, I was dating that girl, and she wanted me to go, stay on the East Coast. I wanted to move out West, kind of button heads a little bit, and um, I applied to ED to Dartmouth, got denied, and was like actually kind of stoked that I got denied, because early decision, if you get in, you have to go. Gotcha. And so yeah, I got denied, and then Colorado College sent me an email on my birthday um, I had just turned, yeah, I had just turned eighteen at that point, and I was I was in the vans shoe store at uh, <laughs> Pheasant Lane Mall with uh, with with that girl, and got the email, looked at it, they accepted me, and they sent me like my financial aid package, and and again, like my family, like paying for college out of pocket is like not really an option, Colorado College is $75,000 a year to go to. CU? No, it's like uh, It's a very unknown school. It's uh, It's down in Denver? It's in Colorado Springs. All right. It's uh, about 2,200 students, give or take, private school. Um, If you know it, Like, when I tell people and they know the school, they're all like, oh, like, that's a really good school. But if you don't know it, everyone's like, oh, like, yeah, community college is a great option for people. (laughs) I'm like, like, dude, I don't think you understand, like, the... There's, like, a very almost elitist attitude for people at the school. Like, the grandson of CNN um, goes there. Just, like, super powerful figures in in the U.S. Yeah, and uh, I was on probably 95% financial aid and and like outside scholarships to go there. And yeah, my girlfriend at the time was not super stoked, (laughs) but uh, I, the next day said that I was going to go there and like, I guess like announced to the world that I'm going to the school and moved out there in August and yeah, started this like weird education. You take one class at a time for three and a half weeks. Super unique, really huh. fast paced, um, but for me, every day for three weeks, yeah. Wow. So five days a week, eighteen days of class, you learn an entire semester's worth of material. Every cool. every single student on campus <clears> goes <throat> to school from nine or yeah from like nine a.m. to noon, and then in the afternoons, every single student is either doing homework, like extracurriculars, adjuncts, like yeah. So it's it's cool that pretty much all the time, like you're, it's really hard to miss seeing someone or like seeing a friend because you're all in class at the same time. Gotcha. There's no like weird opposite schedules. A couple classes, like astronomy, um, you're in class from I think 9 p.m. to midnight or like 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. There's like some weird classes like that, but yeah, pretty much everyone's in, in class the same amount of time, but at the same time, one day of class is a full week's worth of material. That's crazy. And so, yeah, you have. It's one... boring,
0: dude. That class. Oh my
1: god. Yeah, so it's like it's like a blessing or a curse. <laughs> if you're in a class that you love. You're like stoked to go every single day. Yeah. It's awesome. But I. What was your What was your least favorite class that you had? Oh, dude. Like I took. Well, COVID kind of hit in the middle of it, so that kind of made things a little bit That's weird. So crazy. But. I, I was a applied math major gotcha. and you're just taking these grueling math classes with concepts that are impossible to comprehend <laughs> and you have one day to digest that information or else you show up to class the next day and, and, behind. and you're behind and, gotcha. and like the school and the class, they like, no one waits for you. You have to like go to office hours. So yeah, I had some classes where I'd wake up, I'd go eat my breakfast. 9 a.m. until 9 p.m., or actually, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., because I refuse to do work after 8, 8 <laughs> um, to have some sort of life, but yeah, you just go to class for three hours, you eat your lunch for an hour, and then spend seven hours in the afternoon just doing homework, gotcha. Damn, and it's pretty, crazy. pretty brutal, but, um, how long did that last, <laughs> Well, those—I mean, thankfully, those classes only last three and a half weeks. Gotcha. Um, But COVID kind of interrupted that, though. Yeah, COVID was like in the middle, and I was living in Brackenridge at my friend's house. Um, They're fortunate enough to have a second home there. That. How far is Colorado Springs to Summit, like that? It's two and a half hours to go ski. Is do you still go up like the I seventy to get there? You can go. There's a back road called Twenty Four. Bleep that uh, out is it what I said so we we'll bleep that out. what a back road <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't
0: want anybody knowing about this yeah no I'm,
1: no it's like not even like it's not I'm even kidding. a secret it's like this this road is sick there's almost never a cop on it nice. and uh, if you're if you're feeling it I know people I'm not gonna name names but who've done the drive in an hour and a half nice. and instead of two and a half hours cause it's like they're just long flat roads until you hit the mountains gotcha and so, yeah, I think there's, you take two turns or three turns on the entire trip. Kind of, it's yeah. 200 miles round trip, which is, yeah, super cool. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, the school preaches that it's super close to skiing and super accessible. <laughs> and then you're, you're there five days a week and two and a half hours away. So you get out at noon, you could drive up after class and ski for an hour but I yeah, cool. yeah, I don't think anyone really wants to drive five well, hours round yeah. trip to ski for an hour. So yeah. there's a couple people who did it, but uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. But yeah, during COVID, I just lived in Breckenridge, took classes remote, oh, and that sucked. It was awful, like forcing yourself
0: in front of a computer type of thing. Yeah, just like, being in Breckenridge.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I'm living in this beautiful house on a mountain overlooking the whole like the ten mile range, and. I have to sit myself down for three hours on a computer <laughs> yeah. to learn some, yeah, crazy concept that you can't comprehend without, like, and you're, like, learning through a screen. Yeah, I couldn't do that. And uh, your textbook is online. It's all, it's just, like, super miserable. So there's a lot of days where I would uh, leave my computer on for the last 30 minutes of class and just Diff stick hat. all my ski stuff on and go ski just <laughs> yeah, like... No, it's it pretty awful. It was really awful. No, so dude, I totally feel you on that. Yeah, it was, really, it was like, yeah, I was just like, screw this. Like, I want to go ski. I'm living in Breckenridge. I can go ski. 15 minute drive to the hill, and had like my secret spots to park on the mountain where ski in, ski out from your car, and yeah, it's awesome. Nice. How, you, how long did you spend? How much time did you spend at Summit? I was there during COVID. During COVID, I was there from october until may and then um i lived in my van i had a converted van at this point and i lived in the van in california for the summer the van is out front you had it that yeah, got yeah i got that so you've had it for a while yeah so i bought when covid hit 2020 it was like july 1st or something or maybe july 10th bought the van do we whole, know each like, other when you bought the van no. No. No, like, I like, like, social, like, through social gotcha, media, right. I like knew who you were, but and I knew you were living in the RV. It was probably that uh, summer or something. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was that winter that uh, we met officially. Gotcha. It was right around when, it was right around like the Syndicate shoot in gotcha. March. Gotcha. Geez, um, my is so Or maybe horrible. even January. But yeah, that was, that was kind of the first time that I spent a lot of time in Salt Lake. I'd come for like a week for spring break, but I had never spent like two or three weeks here, but yeah, having a converted van and taking classes online, I kind of <clears throat> kind of finessed my schedule, so I didn't have to go to class for three and a half weeks and just got to ski for a while and tried to call my parents a lot to drop out of school and they never, <laughs> they never uh they never bit yeah, they were not stoked on that, so yeah, I guess one way or another made it through college and nice now life. I have a degree. I will probably never use, <laughs> but at least I didn't have to pay 300. But at least you got that and
0: you have, the, you have the van. I have the van. I don't have
1: the degree. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone told me an applied math degree would be uh super useful. And I'm sure if you want to be a professor and do research, it's super useful. <laughs> but if you, uh, if you don't have that, it's uh, probably not super useful, in my opinion, so. So we can just segue perfectly into the van, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You um, still have it? It's a Dodge? Yup, 2016 Ram ProMaster low roof. Uh, <laughs> low it's roof. It's currently on the market right now. If uh, you're listening to this, and you wanna buy it, $32,000, I will drive the van to you anywhere in the country. Uh, <laughs> It is in great shape, yep. has a new transmission and uh, yeah, so I had the van all through college and I'm six feet tall. it is a low roof. It is five four depending on where you're standing in the van. sometimes at like five three, maybe five five. but <laughs> that's a good day if it's five five. And so yeah <laughs> like kinda, you're doing a great scr- job selling this van. <laughs> I'm kind of scrunched in there. Um, no, but if you, if you are a female listening to this and you want to get into <laughs> yeah. life and you are under five foot five, this thing will feel like a mansion. Uh, it was, it was the perfect van for me to buy at the time. It was affordable. Gas mileage on it is not terrible for moving your entire home around. And overall, like pretty reliable vehicle, uh, but yeah, I graduated from college, and so you weren't full time at that point living no, in the van. I was living in a house in college, um, using it to go to the to, to Summit like, County. Yeah, it was my daily driver. I would drive it to Summit County on a fr- I would drive it there on like a Friday, and then I had a, I got myself a job up there gotcha. at a restaurant, and I was just like hosting at this restaurant, Sancho's um, Great Tacos and Churros, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I lived in the van like outside of my friend's apartment or just like in the overflow parking lot at breck over the course of the weekend so i'd, I'd make enough i'd make money i'd ski all day and then i go to work at four work all night wake up go ski all day and then go to work at night and just kind of have to figure out how to like time to do homework in there but It was pretty manageable. I would try to do all my homework during the weekdays or, like, before before class or, I don't know, just kind of figure it out. But, yeah, it was nice, like, having a job up there. Paid for all my gas. Because driving up to Summit County is half a tank of gas. And at the time, with gas prices, it was, like, $40 round trip to drive to Summit. Gotcha. And that's... Yeah, when you're in college, it's like <laughs> 40, 50, 40 bucks is a lot of money. 40 bucks is still a lot of money, but um, I was super stoked to have this job, and they were super flexible with my schedule. I was just like a host at the restaurant, and nice. they, didn't, they didn't have anyone who wanted to host. Gotcha. So it was kind of kind of just fell in my lap. I was on the chairlift, and they asked my friend who was working there asked me if I wanted a job <laughs> to come in to host. And I was like, yeah, I've never worked at a restaurant before, but sure. <laughs> and so I showed up, not even on payroll, worked all night, got tipped out, and then just had to record my hours for the first week or week or so until my payroll – or until I was on payroll. And, uh, yeah, I guess – Ski-bombing um, it. Yeah, a lot of trust there. Nice, dude. Um, but, yeah, if you're, like – My motto is if you're upfront with someone about, like, where you're living and what you're doing and timeline – Yeah. Like – Nine out of ten times, they're gonna be pretty chill. Yeah. yeah. And like, and you can kind of figure out some sort of agreement. Some sort of organized.
0: That's what someone told me when I was kind of like getting to the van thing and just like talking about ski bums and stuff like that. Just like, dude, if you can be an organized ski bum,
1: yeah. You're gonna, it's gonna go a long way. Yeah. Like, if you, if you are just like honest and organized. You can get just so like, yeah, far. yeah. I'm not going
0: to be around here for very long, but I'm going to let you know like, yeah. ahead of time. I'm not going to just dip out. I'm not
1: going to quit. Like I'm going to work hard. Yup. Exactly. And like, that's so I graduated from college and I, I did exactly that. I moved into the van full time, drove back East. And um, my friends were all working for one of my friends, dad's pro- doing like property management landscape stuff. I told him from this day until the end of July on this day, I will work every single day for you, ex- like every hour that you ask. And um, he's like, cool, man. Sounds great. And so I worked for him for seven weeks, living in the van in this park in uh, by Sugarbush, showered in the river, nice. and like would go to the gym after work and stuff. But yeah, like he didn't care. I lived in the van. I showed up every day 10 minutes early and... He's still, every now and then we'll talk and he's like, yeah, if you ever need a job for yeah. three weeks, Goes let, let me know. And so, yeah, it's cool. Like, I never feel like I'm going to be without work because I've built, like, enough relationships with enough people that yeah. um, I can always kind of return for, like, a week or so if I need yeah, to. definitely. But, Hopefully I don't have to ever do that. So how long were you full-time in the van then? I was in the, I was full-time in the van for about.
0: Cause you were there, you were East that summer and then you came back out yeah. and did a winter.
1: Yeah. So I was from, I guess, first week of June, 2022 until September 15th, 2023. So just under a year and a half, um, living in the van like, didn't I? Never, like, I, I guess my heater in my van broke during the coldest week in Colorado. <laughs> uh, and it was, yeah, it was pretty miserable. So, just a nice life I test. Had, yeah. I had one week, um, one week out west where I was sleeping on my friend's couch every night because uh, the glow plug in my diesel heater uh, crapped the bed, and I was just like waiting for the part to come in summit county colorado it takes forever to get anything delivered <laughs> it's like it's such a pain in the butt and there's like very limited resources so i had to ship it from walmart the the actual walmart didn't have it yeah it took about 10 days so yeah super thankful that i like had a spot to crash during it was uh, right around christmas time and i was working close to 60 hours a week just trying to make as much money as I could. Cause I was definitely I was super motivated to to have enough money to live and still travel. So yeah, working between a restaurant and uh doing like 13 hour days, uh working mornings and into the afternoon at a ski shop and then immediately leave there, walk over to this restaurant and start working. It's just like I <laughs> didn't even change my clothes. Well it's crazy yeah. if
0: you do a grind like living in a van, not having rent, all you have really is like your your simple bills, like phone, stuff like that, yep. but then just gas and food. So it's just like, if you grind for a month or two, it's crazy how far that can take you in. And-
1: yeah, yeah, I made, I was making, I mean, what I consider to be a crap ton of money, like more money than I ever have up until now in a short period of time. And uh, then, Halfway through January, I stopped working there. That was like the agreement for at both places. I came back to Utah and didn't really have a job for about eight months. I had some one to three week work stints, gotcha. um, kind of odd jobs, and um, the amount of money that I made for the for the like from those jobs let me. Travel all over the country yeah. for... Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Took nine flights in two months. <laughs> um, flew... Yeah, I flew to California for a judging thing that we can get into at some point. And yeah. uh, then flew from there to New Hampshire. Then back to Colorado to Michigan. Back to Colorado. Worked there for a week. Immediately drove to Salt Lake and then hopped on a flight to Hawaii for two weeks. <laughs> and, um, and that whole, that in that two months, my like expenses were never, I mean, you know, maybe like $400 more than it was costing me to live in the van, yeah, yeah. like someplace, because I just didn't have to pay rent yeah. and, uh, or utilities or utilities. And I just had like all these connections all over the place for places to stay. Yep. And so, yeah, when you're living in a vehicle, like the ability to travel is it's it's, as good as it will ever be (laughs) it's like and that makes sense but also like yeah if you have a a good chunk of change saved up life is pretty stress-free yeah Yeah. well it's just
0: it's like it didn't really hit me until i started like all like going home for christmas and then oh i have a flight to go meet up with um owen and tyler and them and go hit street where it's just like oh i can drive my house to the Mm -hmm. airport paid airport parking it's there, I just fly somewhere, you know, whatever Airbnb we're doing or whatnot. Yeah. And then when the trip's over, I fly back to my house. I can do red eye flights, land, go straight to the RV in the parking lot, sleep, not even <laughs> yeah. leave the airport yeah. yet, wake up, <laughs> make breakfast, and then leave airport parking, and it's like
1: yeah. on to the next, like, oh now where am I going? Back up to Summit County or The amount of nights that I've spent sleeping in in like the airport overflow lot it's crazy i just like wake up in the morning looking so gnarly and i go and i i take a poor man's shower as i say and you get like a a washcloth wet and put some soap on it and scrub your armpits (laughs) and maybe like wash your face a little bit brush your teeth and then just like slap a beanie on and go to the airport yeah. and pretend that you fit into society. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I totally just came from a super nice hotel down the street. I was not sleeping in my, in my car in the parking lot. Yeah. But it's crazy
0: yeah. having the van and whatnot. We were talking the other day. Mm-hmm. You haven't been to the spring pass.
1: I've never been to Mount hood spring <laughs> yeah. pass. If you're listening to this right now, you will see me at <laughs> Mount Hood this year. If you don't like, I'm, something is severely wrong with me physically (laughs) or mentally um yeah i i in my imaginary calendar i have it booked out um part of me hopes you don't sell the van until after (laughs) oh oh, yeah yeah yeah. i mean you're i mean yeah yeah it's possible i you're looking at another vehicle though which is sweet yeah I'll, i'll be the proud owner of a toyota tacoma soon so I just have to find myself a girlfriend and an Australian Shepherd. <laughs> and I will totally fit the bill for owning a Tacoma. Well, we can so that segues into our next thing. Yeah, yeah me and
0: <laughs> me and Jordan both had foot injuries that led to uh,
1: paying rent. Yeah, and honestly, after living in a vehicle, I totally understand why you pay rent. Like when I was living in college, I was like on this super structured lifestyle and it sucked and I hated being there and I just wanted to leave all the time. I lived into the van and I gave up all these luxuries, like having a shower and a toilet. Um, and I just like made do with everything. But then, yeah, like I tore a bunch of stuff in my ankle and there was, it was about a two to three month recovery. And, I quickly realized, like, I was spending a lot of time, I mean, even while living in a van, you spend a lot of time at your homies' houses, but I've really quickly realized, like, how much you need a house when you're hurt, or just like, I don't know. It's like having- the space. Like, yeah, the space, like living in a van and not being able to walk or move around. No one wants to sit in their vehicle all day, yeah. and no one wants to go to the climbing gym. Well, it's, like, yeah, one thing if you're down south.
0: Like, if you're yeah. up here where it's cold, then it's, like, damn, I do not want to be outside at all. But, like, yeah. if you drove south to Texas, like, you could easily leave your van door open. And no, totally.
1: It wouldn't be ideal situation. But even here, it was, like, it was, like, 100 degrees every single oh, day. Yeah, okay. Oh, it was the summertime? Was yeah, it was in yeah. the summer. It was in I, – I did it in uh, In June. And that's another, another little story. But um, – yeah, I did it in June. It's like a hundred degrees. I was loving my life. I was biking all the time. Derek got me into biking. And then I went from having a super sick job to having a torn ankle that Pete, the PT people were like, yeah, it would have like breaking. It would have just been a smoother recovery than, than, tearing it. And now I've got all this scar tissue built up. And I couldn't do anything. It was 100 degrees. I couldn't do anything. You're living in a van with no air conditioning. You just need a, like to be inside of a house. Um, and so I did some traveling back east and to Montana uh, when I was like kind of recovered. And after that, I just decided to start paying rent. And uh, <laughs> the first week, I was like, holy crap, Like, I have a door. I have a bed frame with a headboard. <laughs> I have, like, my own space. I've got a window that opens and closes. I've got heat and air conditioning. It's just there. It's like, never It's never getting towed. Yeah. No one's ever breaking into it. There's just, like, just there. It's in a safe neighborhood. It's so easy to get everywhere. I have a shower and a bathroom. I can wake up in the middle of the night and go take a shit. When I was living in the van, if I woke up at midnight and I needed to go to the bathroom, like... <laughs> I'm, I'm shit out of luck like there's like there's not a whole lot you can do about it um thankfully you have your spots that have porta potties and other like things like that going on but uh no, yeah there's a nature shit just like you know, standing like, on the side of your, <laughs> your, I mean, your, like, I'm, I'm your ass in, out the door <laughs> i'm living in salt lake city at that point like sure, i can't me. just like okay. drop trow on the side <laughs> like outside of someone's house because i'm sleeping in residential neighborhoods <laughs> and you can't just like, yeah, you can't just take your pants off and take a dump. Um, so yeah, if you're living in a van um, and you're starting to hate your life a little bit, paying rent, not that bad. You can totally find a place that's not, not too expensive. And my, it's kind of wild. Like my savings living in a house now, like I spend maybe $200 or $300 more for everything living in a house than I was living in my van. Cause I'm not driving so, 10 much, miles yeah. to the gym just to drive 10 miles back because I needed to take a shower before going on my an attempt of a date or something like that. <laughs> um, and so like, yeah, you just like have everything in one spot. When I was living in the van, I was filling up my tank at least once a week, if not like, you know, three times every two weeks. And now I'm filling it up once every two weeks, and definitely, it's almost like
0: the money that you're using towards rent, you kind of have to put on the back burner for like investing back into your
1: car for how much you use it. Totally. Type of thing. uh, And so now I'm living in a house, and I just have this van that I'm using as my daily driver. I want to sell it. I'm just putting miles on it for no reason. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to get rid of it. But also pretty sad, and I don't know, I got a lot of mixed feelings about it, but, uh, yeah, if I have the van for Spring Pass. Yeah, yeah, that would be sweet. Yeah, having a van for Spring Pass would be dope, but also, you know, maybe by then I'll have some sort of, like, yeah, truck camper setup that is kind of the goal to build something out for that. Yeah, that'd be be really sweet. Yeah, but
0: so it's, you're not completely getting rid of the van life, it's just not... No, it's it's just Not like full time anymore
1: for yeah sure, it's right? just on the back burner and, and like with what i am doing for work now yeah. um i can't fit my studio into a vehicle it's like yeah, i would yeah. have to have a, an rv like yours. Well, you got you got two cool jobs right now
0: so yeah, we can get in we can yeah. get into the first one the one that you know it's i mean your second one is an awesome thing that like yeah you're killing it with that <laughs> yeah the first one though is related to what why we're here which is skiing yep which is sweet because i was just at x games and
1: talked to jason aarons a little bit and he brought you up and yeah uh, um, getting into judging yeah judging freestyle ski competitions uh which is like a really cool if you're into skiing and you want to stay involved in the ski industry without putting your body on the line every single day, judging is one of the best opportunities to do that. Um, it's a pretty hated profession. <laughs> like, I don't know, you go on New Schoolers and there's like... A Everybody has something to say. Yeah, everyone has something to say about it. There's like, you know, like there's always like there's these recaps and, and it's always... The judges made some questionable decisions. It's like, dude, we are doing one of the hardest jobs. Like, without us being there, there is no competition. There has to be a judge. It has to happen. And you're you're doing a competition. There has to be set rules and guidelines, or else it's just a free-for-all. And, and there's no, like, structure to how the results of a competition play out. And so, yeah, it's pretty interesting how... Uh, I got into that. Jason Aaron's hit me up and was like, "Dude, I know you're living in a van. You should come to this clinic, learn how to judge." And I try to stay somewhat up to date with all the competitions. When you're living in a vehicle, it's like I don't have a TV or anything to like watch all of the competitions on, but I see all the recaps. And yeah, so I went to the clinic, and um, that was uh, October 2022. And then I judged uh USCSA, like the collegiate nationals and mammoth, and then I did USASA nationals at Copper. And it's sick, they pay for everything. You your your flight and gas, flight or gas is paid for. Leaving your van at or your vehicle, my van, at the airport is paid for. They give you a food per diem every single day they put you up in super sick lodging at the base of all of these resorts and then they also pay you a wage on top of that and you just get to spend your day watching the best skiers in their respective like events ski especially when it's
0: usa say it's the kids coming up
1: yeah it's like you're like i'm watching all these kids come up through the competition circuits. And I was... So, like, USASA typically needs judges. Um, The Rocky Mountain Series in Colorado needs judges. And so I go... I drive back to Colorado for those. And then I just did Rev Tour at Copper as well. And, yeah, you're just watching, like, the future of skiing come up. And, like, as Jason always puts it, the judges are there to help push the sport in the direction that the athletes want it to go it's not what the judges want it's what the athletes tell the judges that they want and um and i think that's like kind of misunderstood by a lot of people i think well it on- makes
0: a lot of sense if you look back at the knuckle huck that just went down next yeah because i was listening to one of jason's podcasts Good enough podcast. It's really awesome. I love he The guys that talk on there are super well known and just like old head skiers. So they've been around forever. And they were talking about how like Jesper some of the other guys were doing like some of the most creative shit you've ever seen on a knuckle. But because six out of the eight guys were doing nosebud dubs, it turned into nosebud dubs. And yeah. It's just like, yeah, we had to score because six of the eight were doing it. So that's what the athletes were telling was going down that night.
1: Yeah, exactly, and like, and X Games is like a pretty unique one because it's not governed by FIS, but for Rev Tours, that's a FIS one. It's a FIS event, and so there are just like there's a criteria. There's there's five five criteria that we have to. uh, There's five criteria that we have to like abide by and remove all biases and and just like objectively score these runs, whether you know the athlete or not. And uh, so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like it'd be super sick to, to do an X Games one day cause there's a lot more freedom. You know, freedom for the judges, but also it's cool judging these competitions where you can look at two runs that are super similar and go through the criteria and be like this, uh, like this run has to win. Gotcha. Regardless of what my opinion on this trick is, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um So yeah, judging is crazy cool. It's I've been like about the
0: past couple podcasts I've listened to. The good enough, I, it makes me. I'm,
1: I think I need to talk to Jason. Yeah, it it's sick. They need judges. There's like the a lot of the judges right now are like older guys, 40s, yeah. forty plus years old, and they need a lot of new young guys to come in and. Um. start filling those new roles because, yeah, like, the 55-year-old judges aren't going to be judging forever. A yep, lot of them have yep. families and other obligations in life. And, uh, yeah, when you're young, you have, like, a lot more freedom and flexibility. And, yeah, again, like, you don't have to put your body on the line. You get to go watch these people do super sick tricks and, and, and like, unfortunately... You're, you're surrounded by the... You're, like, the energy, like, yeah. you're kind of, like, living vicariously through all of these other competitors who are pushing themselves. And, um, yeah, but it's just,
0: like, if you got into ex- doing the X Games, then you'd be surrounded by guys that you know. Yeah. That
1: are your age that are just, like, yo. Like, and it's, it's sweet to. Yeah. The whole atmosphere is really, really cool. Um, and, yeah, you meet, like, a lot of the people behind the scenes who you wouldn't other- otherwise get to meet. And they're super nice people and you just, I don't know. Yeah, I get to talk about skiing all day. It's like it. really cool. You have to nerd, nerd out for a little bit. Yeah. so, And yeah, it's like a, a full week of your life that you don't actually have any expenses for. That's sweet. That's, that's really it. sweet. Yeah. Dang, maybe we'll, really cool. yeah.
0: I'll have to talk to you after this about that. But yeah, you have this other new job.
1: Yeah. That's freaking killing it, dude. Yeah, it's taking off. Um, Fern. Fern. Uh, so in, in August, well, like backtrack a little bit. In August, I went to Montana to remodel a house for some high school teachers of mine. And in one of the boxes was a sewing machine that's probably been used like five times. Wow. They didn't really have any use for it. And they told me that if I wanted to take the sewing machine. I could. And then like when I see them next, I'll return it and I'll use it for the projects that I need. Um, and so I did that. I came back to Utah. I made some cushion covers with it. I was not, I had no idea what I was doing. And, uh, (laughs) and then the sewing machine kind of sat for about a month, month and a half. And then I moved into this house and I made two hats that, like, I was just like, oh, like, I need something to do with my free time. I should do this. So I made two hats. Uh, <laughs> Derek, you've got a tiptoe. Yeah, <laughs> Derek's just tiptoeing around here, snooping. Derek came um, to grab something. He's in his Gucci shoes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gucci shoes? Oh, my God. <laughs> He's sick. got the green and red snake on the shoe. <laughs> See you later, Derek. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I made two hats like they're just like a cinch cinch style hat i made mine reversible uh i knew there was a market for them and i was just like oh like this is cool they were kind of a fun personal project i posted them on my instagram story and that weekend i sold 25 and i definitely had like a bunch of people call me out and be like "You're, you're not the first person to do this and i'm like dude i'm fully aware of that but like <laughs> if my half-assed marketing strategy for these for this product that I'm making is like really putting a dent in the market for these other companies who make hats and fleece beanies whatever it's like they're probably doing something wrong where they're not actually capturing the full market and um so yeah that that weekend sold 25 the next weekend I branched away from just Instagram and I had a small TikTok following from van life. And I posted on that, had a video blow up, had another 30 people. I had to close off orders because I was super stressed. I was working as a paraprofessional at an elementary school at the time. And yeah, the first two weeks I made more money selling hats and sewing than I was working this full-time job at a school. And then eventually yeah, it just like kept going and the first hundred orders were all through my Instagram DMs I had a spreadsheet. I put everyone's information <laughs> in manually I Was keeping track. I had no idea what I was doing and eventually it got to the point where I um, I Started I, I Built a little website just to like manage things better but I started doing like a more drop style so you were definitely um, talking to Derek around this time. Yeah, I was talking to Derek a lot about this. Derek, because Derek ran, or is running. Syndicate and insignia. Yeah, like, and I've watched everything that he's been doing with those. And so, there's like, I already had this, this like perfect person to talk to. Yep. And um, a past one of my past employers, who I'm super good friends with their family now, they kind of gave me access to their, like, secretary. And so I just call her whenever I also have, like, super, like, legal questions. Um, And so I had, like, all of these resources that I never really thought that I would, like, talk to them about business stuff. And, yeah, now to date in about – it's been about four and a half coming up on – coming up on five months. I think I've sold like all 600 hats. Um, I've I'm shipping international now. Um, I have eight hats going to Switzerland, three to Austria. I've shipped to Norway, Germany, Austria, France, a bunch to Canada that's so sweet, dude. Because like, you
0: know it's a fleece beanie. Like, yeah, it's like you can get it anywhere. It's like such a so it's cool. such a
1: simple product, but I guess like I make mine reversible. There's no raw seams. Um, you can kind of be like you, one way that you wear it. It can be like a super loud, obnoxious fabric on top, or you can flip it around and that's now a cuff, and it's like a little bit more subtle. Um, they convert into neck gaiters. It's like a, it's a it truly a simple product, but and I never thought that this would be my full time job, but you're killing it. But yeah, this is fern is now like my little brainchild baby, and and it just like yeah totally exploded in my face. Paying the bills. Yeah, it's pay it's it's <laughs> it's paying a lot more than just the bills, um, and so. Yeah, the joke is with this truck that I'm going to get a vanity plate that says Fern Bucks. Um, (laughs) But I haven't fully committed to the bit yet, but I might. And uh, I'll know in a week if I'm going to do it or not. I think it'd be kind of fun to do. But yeah, like I just, five, yeah, just over five months ago, I barely knew how to sew. YouTube was my best friend. And now I'm sitting here recording this podcast and have a stock, or like a pile of like 40 hats that I have to make like over the course of the weekend. And, um, yeah, I pretty much sell out of everything, give or take like one or two hats every single weekend and just get hit up about all these custom hats all the time and nice, dude. yeah, it's wild. But I also make these puffy pants now, I, I upcycle sleeping bags into large baggy puffy pants. And social media has just taken <laughs> it and run. Yeah, TikTok. <laughs> I guess Instagram too, yeah. Instagram is now the one that's running. Um, nice. But yeah, like, had two videos about these puffy pants blow up between the two videos and Instagram and TikTok. Almost, I don't know, 800,000, 900,000 views between all of them. It's like, I just get all these, I'm getting, I'm getting hit up about sponsorships. And let me tell you right now, when I was 15 and I was sending these emails, I thought I was doing everything right. I was like, like this company is going to see some value in me and like, it's going to be sick. And now as a, as a business owner, I'm like, Oh my gosh, another email from a kid asking for a sponsorship because they're the, the, the big deal in their town, which is sweet. And eventually I would love to. I would love to... Uh, put some people on. Yeah, put some people on. But, uh, like, <laughs> it is crazy getting hit. Like, I have to I read to all these emails. And, well, and it would be cool the way you started out because, like, from your presence
0: in skiing, you have a following through your Instagram. Yeah. But then when you did your TikTok for Fern... It had nothing to do with skiing. I mean, it was your original account, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, some of the followers were from skiing and you doing van stuff. Yeah. But, like, the algorithm and stuff, like, with you just flipping it over to Fern and being hats, it's crazy how, like, yeah, you were getting crazy views on some of these. And it was, like, it had nothing to do with –
1: it was, like, complete outside of the market of skiing. Yeah, totally. Like, it was never (laughs) – it was never the goal or intention to – sew full-time or like be posting about this on social media or anything I my like the first after the first weekend I was like dang like maybe I can pay my rent with this I just wanted to pay for fabric I just wanted to like pay for fabric and use sewing as like a fun little thing on the side and then yeah and then I got enough orders where I was like dang maybe I can pay my like my rent with this still work my other job full-time and then the The week that I really figured out that this is something I could do, it was... And it, it like, is timeline-wise, the week before Christmas, you're going to have kind of yeah. a spike. Yeah. But I sold 70 hats that week. And that... If you do the math, it's not that hard. 70 hats is more money in one week than I make in four weeks working at this school. 30, 30 to 35 hours a week. And... um and so, yeah, I was like, dang, like, this could totally be it. And then, yeah. because yeah, the, I remember you started, like, taking days off working at the school. Yeah, yeah, I went from working five days at the school to working four to eventually working three and having to constantly text the principal and just be like, hey, like, I literally cannot come in right now. <laughs> I have, like, X, Y, and Z number of hats. And, and I just, like, I cannot get myself to come to the school. I, I just, like, couldn't really justify it. Um, And yeah, then I, but I, but again, like I had a commitment to the school until winter break. And I, I kind of like would reiterate that to the principal. Like I am going to be here until the end of winter break. I just need one, like I need like an extra day a week to, to sew and spend my entire day sewing. And it's crazy. Like, when you start the business and like before the only thing I cared about was skiing. Mm-hmm. It was like, all I wanted to do every single day was ski. If you asked me seven months ago, what my winter was going to be, it was like work some odd job, ski five days a week, have a bunch of fun. And then now I'm doing Fern and my mentality is like totally shifted. I, I still ski a bunch and I'm still having a bunch of fun skiing, but <coughs> I I really care about trying to build this thing up to a point where like, you know, like I never have to apply for another job again. We'll give like, it a year just, and you can go back to skiing. Yeah. Or like, yeah, like keep going or figure out a way where it can like almost, like obviously selling, you have it's to. Time consuming. Yeah, like, yeah, it like takes time. But I'm considering hiring someone right now which is wild. I, like, I, I was just talking to, talking to this kid. He's a senior in high school. He's friends with, with, uh, one of my other friends. And, um, and I was like, dude, how much are you making at your other job? He's like, he's like, yeah, 14 bucks an hour. And I'm like, bro, if you want a job working for me one day, like I'll pay you way more than 14 bucks an hour. Cause he knows how to sew. He's super detail oriented. And, uh, and yeah it's crazy just sitting here being like yeah i can as like a four and a half month deep business owner i could pay someone to work for me you know probably 10 to 20 hours a week and still have plenty of money going into the Fern bank account which is not yet set up um and also <laughs> my bank account to pay for my bills and and other things so yeah i guess like i don't know if you like want to do something you should just kind of do it and I know Derek and and his podcast talked about it but yeah if you ever have like business questions like shoot me a DM on Instagram like I check all my DMs pretty much every single day like I'm getting flooded right now which is (laughs) kind of crazy but um yeah I'll reply and like actually put effort into the conversation and, and help you try to figure out like if you want to learn how to sew who are some good you like good resources for that um if you want to get into like woodworking or like remodeling homes like like other good ways to get into that i don't know like i've done a bunch of weird jobs and it's cool to just like talk to people and nerd out about the things that you care about because i also don't want to just talk to the 55 year old grandmas at joanne fabric every single day about this <laughs> Pretty cool talking to, like, younger people. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just got to text Stacy and just ask her some sewing questions. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, hopefully That's for... Funny, an, I guess, yeah, maybe in a year <laughs> we'll check back in and see how... Well, no, I'm not again.
0: I'm not saying it's, like, a year and it's... <laughs> no, no I'm no, just no, saying, no. like, a year
1: of no, yeah. this growth, like, you
0: could fully, like, yeah. pay some people to make hats and just... Totally. Be marketing and go skiing.
1: And, like... I have the friend who, whose secretary I have access to. Um, he's always, he's always trying to get me to manufacture these like someplace. Gotcha. It it would probably be super cheap, but also I think what's kind of cool and fun is
0: you know the person who's sewing it. Yeah,
1: like you know the person you're supporting. It's not getting outsourced to like people getting paid pennies on the dollar to make this thing. And every single week I release new colors and, and like try to keep things fresh. And like colors come back for sure, but I, every single week I drop a, like a certain number of hats that is feasible for me to, to, to like complete, but also go ski and have fun and keep things fresh for myself. 'Cause making forty of the exact same hat yeah. in in like a one <laughs> or two day period is pretty miserable. It, like I'm listening to music and podcasts all day, not interacting with anyone sitting in my basement. But when I have new hat colorways that I drop and like new sleeping bag pants that I'm making, it's so much more enjoyable. And if I outsource there's yeah, like there's a minimum order quantity for everything. Yeah. Give or take. And I talked about that with Derek. Yeah. And like, if you're running a business and you have a minimum order quantity of 200 of a product that you don't know if you're going to be able to sell all 200, having inventory sit on your shelves is one of the worst things that you can do for a business. And, um, sovereign Zach, Zach Pfeiffer, Fife Z Fife on Instagram, sovereign 69. Um, I talk to him all the time about it and I've listened to his Two Planker podcast and he talks about that as well. Like for a business, like you don't wanna just have stuff sit on the shelf. You paid money for that and you wanna see like the return come back to you. And also there is something really fun and unique about sitting down and making something new for yourself and like learning the process and yelling at your sewing machine for a little bit and uh yeah if you're just like outsourcing it you don't have the opportunity to be as unique as you want or like as creative another
0: level of connection to it all
1: yeah and so it's like cool yesterday i was i was skiing at alta and my friend who has one of my hats i saw him in the lift line and he told me that while he was driving to alta in traffic sitting there with a car next to him he, he like they rolled their window down and they started talking and Like, the guy in the other car knew, like, Fern and, like, knew the hat and was super stoked. And and I don't know if they had a hat, but, yeah, I get sent photos all the time of people all over the country now in my hats, (laughs) like, spotted in public. And I get DMs from people like, oh, yeah, when are you dropping this hat again? someone came into the gas station that I work at in the middle of nowhere, Nevada, and saw the hat and is super stoked on it. And now I'm getting a DM from them about, like... What, like what? when they can get this new like get the it hat <laughs> It's like holy crap! Like what? Like I had never thought that that was going to happen. So yeah, accidental. I kind of get it.
0: Like. I kind of get it because right before you started Fern, I was on a ski trip. Cody Potter. Yep. The hat I'm wearing right now yeah. is just a fleece hat, and just the print he had. I was just I, th- I thought it was so sick. I bought yep. it off him. I've bought a second one off of him now. Cause I'm just like, dang, like I really love the print. So it's just like one of those things where I totally get that, where someone sees something they like and I remember messaging him for months, trying to get him to like, <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah. Let, like, do you have more of that material? Like, let me know. And it like the, yeah. the being able to go on a website and not instantly just like, oh, it's there. So I can wait till tomorrow and then wait the next day. Yeah. Wait the next day. Oh, it's still there. I get that. I honestly really get that. Yeah. Like their needs. I'm like, oh, there's a drop. They're all sold out you're going to have to wait or
1: like I can make you one. Yeah. There needs to be like a demand to it. Almost yeah. like I will drop, I, I was, I have like some camo ones that I sell. And it, like there's, there's other people selling camo ones. If you want to go buy their camo one, cool. Like do your thing, spend your money where you want. But yeah, I make these camo ones and, uh, they sold out in probably around the first hour. I think that day I sold 45 hats and, um, that's the most money I've ever made in one single day like in my life. Made, I like, I was like looking at my Shopify and I was like, holy crap, like I'm set. Like I'm, this is awesome. Um, and then I was like, holy crap, I have to go make 45 hats now. <laughs> and so the like, reality sets in a little bit. But um, yeah, I got a DM at probably like 1030 in the morning and someone was like, like you had this hat, you dropped this hat, like any chance you have more that you can make, like, and again, like I make, I drop a certain amount of hats based off of the amount of time it takes me to make all those hats, where I can like still have a a normal life and enjoy my life. And uh, yeah, they're like, it 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 took an hour. The hat was gone and they, I was just like, dude, like you you have to wait. Like I can't, I can't (laughs) do this. Like I can't just make you, I, I just can't make every single person the exact hat that they want at that exact time. When they want it, yeah. Or else I'm never gonna have free time for my entire life. And uh, and I think people are pretty understanding of that, but the biggest draw for like, you know, owning your own business, you get to make your own schedule. And so during the middle of the day, I can like stop working, come record a podcast, go ski for two hours, three hours, and then I can come home, make myself dinner, And then if i want to work from 7 p.m to midnight i can work and make that happen or you know tomorrow my plan is to sew for 10 hours it's just like sit down and just sew all day i've got everything lined up to make and like i can do that and then i can have the rest of the weekend or the next week off Um, but there's definitely like a lot of behind the scenes behind the scenes stuff that happens Figuring out, I don't, I don't know how to do taxes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I have a lot. talked to Derek about that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Derek and I have talked a lot about taxes. I've got an accountant back east that I will talk to for an hour (laughs) to try to figure out, like, dude, like, is the IRS going to come for me? Like, like, am I going to get a knock at my door and like the SWAT team is going to pull me out of my house for not paying taxes? Thankfully, I'm not making enough money where. Well, I guess uh, yeah. not thankfully, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say I'm just not making enough money where I think that's a worry. But, uh, yeah, like I want to do everything by the books and be like very legit. Um, but that takes a lot of time to learn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll all come when, yeah. when, when the time is right. Yeah. It's cool though. And it's cool like, connecting with like the ski community and stuff and, um, yeah. It's like yeah, because some of the reposts I've seen,
0: it's just like like Bobby Broccoli yeah. wearing a hat. Like it's sick to see. Yeah, like so like you still
1: can bring it back to your roots. And I'm like, I think maybe anyone who's owned a business probably feels similar, but when I sell a product to someone, I'm like, are they buying that product because they love it and want that product? Or like did they just buy it because They wanted to support me but they're never gonna wear it and it's cool it's so sick seeing like yeah like bobby sullivan back east skis in my hat every single day without fail and i texted him about it and i was like damn dude like it's awesome seeing you wear it he's like it's my favorite hat it's the only hat i wear skiing now and um carly margulise olympic half pipe skier she wears my hat as as the the neck gator every single day that she goes skiing and like i'm like holy crap like it's pretty... It's, like, sick when you see people who I, like, consider to be very legit athletes wearing my hat. I don't... I will never say wear my hat instead of a helmet, but if you're not going to wear a helmet, you should probably wear my hat. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Definitely a big fan of the helmets, but if you want to wear a helmet, you can just open the hat up into a neck gator, and now uh, you can still wear it. Um, little advertisement there. But, uh, that was awesome. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just, like... In Aspen, I sent, I've sent a couple hats to Aspen, and someone that I went to college with who had just moved to Aspen sent me a photo of, of their friend posing in front of someone who had no idea this was happening, wearing my hat. And I, got a fo- I have a photo of, of <laughs> my friend standing in front of someone else that I know who's wearing my hat. They have no idea who each other are, and they, like my, okay. the guy with the hat doesn't even know... That the photo was taken gotcha but there's my hat just like on someone's head and it makes me feel super good when like i actually see people wearing the product because yeah i don't want to be like a, like i don't want people to support me out of like like pity or yeah, yeah. Or, or like no, a charity i don't think, event. I don't think that's happening but at all. uh yeah but it's like it's just like a cool feeling when you see someone like actually using what you make because yeah I like it. most of the time i don't see it i don't know 500 people around the world now have a fern hat and uh it's just like holy crap what the heck is happening i've got repeat customers like someone's bought four hats four separate times yeah they're like damn that feels good (laughs) that's like like, holy crap man like people are coming back (laughs) yeah so that's awesome man yeah we'll see things are going up for jordan cooper Yup, firm's going judging's going Yup, the boys are up yeah everyone's up and the girls the girls are up boys are up everyone is up right now especially in salt lake 2023 going into 2024 dude it's been sweet yeah i'm like when i graduated from college i never thought that i'd be like working for myself i thought i was gonna be sitting at a desk using my math degree (laughs) you never know where life's gonna take you unless you let it yeah, so here we are. Keep doing your thing, sick <laughs> dude. Sick. Sick yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck, dude.
0: This was this is a great podcast. We're at fucking an hour and twenty three minutes. I mean, we had
1: five minutes of bullshitting at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, talking about Costco. We never talked. Oh, about we that never talked. Wow. So uh, maybe your go to meal. Yeah, if you're living in a vehicle, go to Costco the food court. You can pretty much sneak in without a membership. The CPD calories per dollar is through the roof. <laughs> you're getting a hot dog, you're getting five hundred and eighty to like eight hundred and forty calories for a dollar fifty, dollar sixty-three with tax. With a soda. With yeah, the soda like you get a you can get a mug root beer, you can get Mountain Dew, like you can get anything. Piece slice of pizza, seven hundred and thirty calories, and it's two dollars. It's like Six dollars for your entire caloric intake is like (laughs) pretty hard to beat. So yeah, highly recommend the Costco food court. Anyone can kind of sneak in there. Sometimes they ask for a membership. You just tell them you're going to meet your mom in there and it's like, no one's gonna ask. Damn, (laughs) it's pretty sweet. If you also want, you can also get like your little appetizers, get the free samples walking around the store before you go to the food court. And then you just walk out empty handed, go to the food court, get your hot dog, scarf your hot dog down, and you just walk out the front door just like with your drink in your hand, and the employees get it. <laughs> they know what's going on. If you go to... That the, might be the best ending of the podcast. A little so shout far. out to the dog. <laughs> There's a one employee I want to give a shout out to. Um, his name is Zhang, Z-A-N-G, and that is the hardest working Costco food court employee I have ever seen in my entire life. That place... 5 30 p.m. on a thursday or a friday everyone's at costco everyone wants a hot dog and he is just pumping food out like no one else that's the uh 300 west location in salt lake city largest costco in the world so shout out to zang yeah zang is the dog yeah owns that he owns that 235,000 square foot facility so yeah well thank you jordan this was an awesome podcast (laughs) this is a great listen
0: great backstory getting into some more businesses again
1: but yeah just you know following your passions and you never know where to lead yeah and like you you also just like might not know that what you're doing is going to be your passion Yes. Yeah. yeah like i didn't think that that was going to happen at all but i just kind of like kept going with it and it's cool yeah like when you just like keep rolling with the punches and see what happens an open mind and some discipline yeah, yeah i was super unemployed before I started working at the school and sewing and uh now I'm super employed (laughs) (laughs) by myself so yeah a pleasure and uh Ethan thank you for running two planker it's awesome stoked to be on it let's go yo